This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Let's give our youth a great big round of applause. We appreciate all them. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, did you bring your Bibles with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles together today to Romans chapter 8. If you can find that opening in your Bible. And uh, we're just going to get right after it here this morning. Got some things I want to share with you. Hallelujah. It's been said, blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be heard again. And uh, um, I'm not real good at that. I did a membership class this morning, and I was in trouble from the beginning. But, you know, glory to God. Uh, we made it, and uh, I'm happy for that. want to welcome all of you uh, to Fellowship Church this morning, especially those of you that are watching online, either by YouTube or uh, on the Facebook. And uh, we're glad that you can be with us here this morning. Praise God. Hope you get your Bible out. Praise God. Get your beady little eyes on what the Bible has to say so that we can all learn uh, how to live. You know, the Bible is an instruction manual for life. Amen. The greatest instruction manual for life. As a matter of fact, there is no other. You know, there might be other books that have been, been written, you know, to compliment or whatever, but at the end of the day, thank God for His living Word. Hallelujah. How many of you know God knows how to do life? He's the author of life. And so the instruction we find within the Bible helps you and I to be able to live an abundant life, just like Jesus said. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, to have it like God has it. Hallelujah. So it's not just eternal life, a quantity of life, but the word zoe there, the word, the Greek word is the word zoe, and it means not only quantity, but quality of life. How many of you know God wants you to have a good quality of life, but you know you have to do it his way? You can't go stupid. There is no rogue. Well, there is, but when you do that, then all of a sudden you're in no man's land and you're just kind of on your own. And unfortunately, the nature of sin, the sinful nature, is what causes people to go sideways. You know, we get to listening to our flesh or, you know, our carnal mind and, you know, the appetites or the desires, you know, that, that men have, sinful nature, and, and sinful men have, and pretty soon you're, you're, you're in trouble. You're, you're in deep weeds. But thank God Jesus came. Everybody say hallelujah. And he redeemed mankind. And he made it possible for you and I to have everlasting or eternal life, to be born of the Spirit of God, to be empowered by the very one, praise God, who purchased us with his own blood so that you could live a life that is acceptable unto the Lord. Hallelujah. To please him. You know, uh, Jesus, when he was baptized in water, there came a sound from heaven, a voice that said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Glory to God. That's what you want to hear. When you get to heaven, you want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. You don't want to get up there and he says, man, what in the world were you doing? You don't want to hear that, okay? And so, praise God, uh, we have the privilege to be able to learn what the Bible has to say and to walk in the light thereof. Glory to God. So, anyway, this morning, did you all find Romans chapter 8? Okay, good. I want to talk to you this morning about becoming Christ-like. And what I mean by that is Christ-like in our thoughts, our speech, our behavior, our disposition, temperaments, you know, everything about us becoming a reflection of Jesus. Hallelujah. To be conformed into his image. 
for example, you know, when it comes to serving others, when Jesus was in his earthly ministry with his disciples, he uh, washed the disciples' feet. You know the whole story there in um, uh, Acts chapter 13. Uh, and, and it was, a, it was um, I'm sure it was a very uncomfortable uh, circumstance for the disciples because the roles had been reversed. In other words, in that, instead of them serving Christ or Jesus, he all of a sudden turns around and begins to do probably one of the most, I wouldn't call it humiliating, but one of the most humbling things that a person could do. Have you ever washed somebody else's feet? I mean, sometimes we've had these foot washing things, you know, and whatever, but uh, that's kind of a humbling thing, isn't it? And so after the Bible says he got done, uh, he, you know, kind of redressed himself and things, and, and uh, he said, do you know what I've done? He said, you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. But if I, your master and Lord, have washed your feet, then you ought to wash one another's feet. And he went on in that context, and he said, I have given you an example. Okay, we're talking about becoming Christ-like. And he said, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Did you know that he, uh, when he washed their feet, he was asking from them nothing? In other words, when he did this, it was an act of his love toward them. He was not trying to derive something from them. Are you listening to me? And that's what the love of God does. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love finds its expression in giving that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So if we're really talking about the love of God, the love of Christ, then it doesn't have ulterior motives. It's not giving to get. It's just purely, you know, loving someone or doing something as an act of service because of the value that we place in the person that we're expressing this love towards. Amen. And so he said, I've given you an example. In other words, you've seen me act in this way. I want you to do the same thing when it comes to you and one another. Now, you know, if you're going to be dominated by your flesh, you know, if you're going to allow your mind to be carnal, then you're not going to do those things, okay? Because the fleshly mind and the carnal mind and, and, and our flesh in general is inherently selfish. It wants consumption and it wants service from others to it. That's why we have all the problems in the world today. It's because of the nature of sin that is in people that drives them to behave the way that they do. You've got to ask yourself the question sometimes, how can people think the way they do? I'll tell you exactly why. Because of sin. They're bound by it. And they're dominated. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the what? The what? You know what that scripture is, don't you? Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, you need to know your Bible. Did you hear me? The God of this world has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. In other words, they went down a path of deception that causes them to rant, to rave. You know, just like with the loss of this uh, one of our Supreme Court justices, people got on, on, on the media and said, we're going to burn the place down. Where does that come from? I'll tell you exactly where it comes from. It comes from hell. It comes from the God of this world that has influenced these people to not only behave, but to speak and to say and to act out what it is that's going on, uh, you know, in the world today. That's why the church needs to pray. Because the Bible says the gates of hell shall not 
prevail against the church. But if the church doesn't pray, then guess what? Things don't go well. So what does the devil tell the church? Well, your prayers don't matter. They don't do any good. Last time you prayed, you didn't, nothing happened. So what's the point? Might as well give it up. Well, he is a strategist. And he knows that when the church is silent, then he can keep doing his dirt. Are you with me? But when the church rises up, when she begins to take her place, when she begins to pray, then thank God we can tear down the strongholds and the fortresses of hell and allow the Spirit of God to rule and to reign supreme. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. So, Jesus, kind of got off my subject there, but it's good anyway. Jesus said, I've given you example that you should do the same to one another. We're talking about becoming like him. In another place, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, this is from the English Standard Version. It says, have this mind in yourselves. Now, not everyone has this mind. But if you're going to follow the Bible, if you're going to do what it says, then it's instructing you. It says, listen, I want you to think like this. Have this mind in yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, now listen, by taking the form of a what? A servant being born in the likeness of men. So servanthood is a characteristic of the kingdom. It's not only is it a characteristic of the king, but it's a characteristic of the kingdom. And if we're going to be like him, then we're going to, if you want to call it this, adapt to becoming servants of one another. Hallelujah. In other words, finding ways that you can bless somebody else for no other reason than because you love them. It's awesome. I mean, just to do it because you love them, man, I mean, that is powerful. Not only does it bless you, but it blesses them. You're not after something. You know, the world's love is always after something. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But the love of God doesn't do that. It just loves the object and wants to bless the object. And you are the object of your Father's love. Praise God. So he wants us to emulate that as believers. You know, if we do this in marriages, all the problems would leave. <laughs> Thanks for your excitement. Hallelujah. <laughs> It's true. Amen. You want to obliterate and annihilate problems within your life? Then start doing this. Well, you know, you know, I'm waiting on them. Stop waiting. Start initiating. Start being the one. Take the lead. Well, I will if you will. No, that's not the way it works. I'm glad that Jesus didn't say, I'll go to the cross if you will. Because I guarantee you, a bunch of us, we would have cut and run. Are you listening to me? No, he went freely of his own will. Are you listening to me? He said, no man takes my life from me. Oh, I tell you what, it just, it just invigorates my heart to hear that. Because all power, all authority was in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he laid it down for you. And when he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, and he came up out of that grave, he said, I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. All authority is given to me in heaven and on this earth. Now you go.
in my name. Christianity is not for wimps. If you're going to be a pussyfooter around, you're not going very far. Well, you know, we just need to love one another. That's baloney. Now, we are to love one another, but not in that form. Jesus gave you authority in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. The devil is trying to get the church to lay down, to be silent. You know, man, I'm telling you what, we got this John, uh, what's his name out there in California? MacArthur. I don't agree with him in his theology, man. He's got some stuff, but I'm telling you what, man, he's a hero. I'm thinking about, my, I'm thinking about all the Word of Faith guys. Where are they at? I think his, his fine is up to like $52,000. But thank God that somebody is standing up to this government that is trying to squelch the church. You ought to thank God for Kim. Kim? Kim Reynolds, your governor. You ought to pray for her. Send her letters. Say, God bless you. Because otherwise you'd be doing the same thing. Know anything about Gavin Newsom? Well, he used to be a mayor in San Francisco. Yeah, he left that place in a mess. Then he became the lieutenant governor for about 10, 11 years, maybe nine or something like that. So he becomes the heir apparent in 2019. And that guy is destroying people's lives. And he's doing everything he can to silence the church. He's the gatekeeper. And he's going to get an answer to someone. So thank God you're not in that state. People are leaving. Catherine Fisher, where are you? Right there. Her parents live in California, and and we've talked to them before. As soon as her uh, mother has the chance to be able to retire from her, her job, they're gone. Now the problem with that is, not so much in this case, but the problem is, is they bring their junk with them wherever they go. And then they infiltrate these other states and ruin them. So the only answer to all this mess is the Lord Jesus Christ. His lordship, his kingship. And people declaring, I, I, you know, you, you, what are we going to do? I'll tell you, the only thing that can happen is, is repentance. This country is the, you know, this is not my message, Jeff. This country is the last bastion upon this planet to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to stand up. People, Christians need to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know? It's nonsense. There's a bar out in New Jersey. I was reading it through my news feed. And this bar in New Jersey, the owner says, if, if you come into our establishment, you have to take off your mask. I like that. You talk about counterculture. It's awesome. Yeah, and he says, and if you don't take your mask off, we're going to throw you out. Now, that might not be very Christian. Of course, you know, the whole bar thing and whatever. But at least somebody's saying, you know, I've had enough of this. 
Now, I'm not, don't get all razzed up now all of a sudden. I'm not trying to tell you that there isn't risk where this virus is concerned. But you know, throughout our history, if there was a problem, then what you would do is you would contain the people that were at risk, not the ones that aren't. And they flipped the whole thing around. Say, well, I don't agree with you. I don't care. Because somebody needs to stand up. My Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you all of you out there that are watching this. Praise the Lord. You know, if there's really something to it, it would be different. And, and again, I'm not saying that there aren't things, you know, where people need to take precaution. I understand that, and I get that. But, you know, this is nonsensical. I tell you what it is. It's about control. And I'm just telling you, child of God, stop allowing this to happen in your life. You say, yeah, but then, you know, you know then they'll shame me. So what? Say, wow, the pastor's fired up. I am. Because we are silently getting buried by a bunch of junk. Are you listening to me? Well, you know, that's just not the Christian thing to do. Well, well, that's to be debated. Are you with me? I ain't taking it back either, by the way. Glory to God. Go out and live your life. Hallelujah. Well, all right. Um, Jeff, where was I? Romans 8, thank you. Actually, I got to Philippians chapter... Oh, I haven't even read my text yet, have I? Okay. All right, well, let's read it. How about that? You want me to do that? Okay, Jeff says do that. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. One verse of Scripture. For whom he did foreknow... He also predestined to be conformed. Everyone say conformed. Conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Again, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Other translations say it this way, to be made like to the pattern of his son. Another translation says, to share the likeness of his son. And one finally says, to be molded into the image of his son. Now, you know, after the day of Pentecost, when the disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, glory to God, filled with the Holy Ghost and power. The Bible says on an occasion they were making their way to the temple for prayer. Hallelujah. Peter and John were going, and all of a sudden there was an impotent man, a guy that was uh, crippled, had never walked, the Bible says, there at the gate of the temple begging alms, trying to get some money. And Peter and John walked up to him, praise God, woo! He said, silver and gold I ain't got, but what I do have. Hallelujah. I say unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Glory to God. 
And the Bible says they picked that guy up and supernaturally his ankle bones and his legs received strength. And the Bible says he went into that temple walking and leaping and praising God. Wouldn't you? If you've been crawling around in everybody's dirt for 30 years or 30, 40 years, you'd be happy too. I mean, you'd have reason to rejoice, wouldn't you? Glory to God. Well, they got called down and called out for it. They threw them in jail. Think about that. You'd think they'd have got happy. Now, here's the point. They said, if we be examined this day of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he's made whole, let it be known unto you that by the name of Jesus, who you crucified, this man stands before you whole. Glory to God, that's good preaching. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? I'm guaranteeing you that the uh, high priest and all the other clowns that were around there were all back on their heels. And this is what the Bible says. It says that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. But then it goes on to say, they realized that they had what? They'd been with Jesus. They had taken on his characteristics. They had taken on his nature. When they got born again, the Spirit of God came on the inside of them, and they were like him. And they were transformed into the image of God's dear Son. How many of you know God wants us to be bold? I said, God wants you to be bold. If you're a child of God, act like it. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong here. I mean, I love everybody, but praise God, I don't think that I find in the Bible where God wants you to be weak as a child of God. You know, if you're saved and you know it, shout amen. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen. If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen. Yes, say something. Some of you, dude, we need defibrillators. You know, there's a distinction to the child of God. You ought to be happy. Well, you know, nobody cares about me. Jesus does. You're believing a lie. You know, that sulking and, oh, wow, how in the world did I get off on this? You know, and all this poor me business. Dude, that's from hell. The devil loves to pet people and tell them how bad they have it. Rise up, O child of God. Glory to God. I mean, if the power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ means anything, then it is sufficient for you to be able to live life as more than a conqueror. Are you listening to me? You don't have anything to be ashamed of. Glory to God. Woo! This is good. I'm even getting blessed. Hallelujah. I tell you, they realized that they had been with Jesus. Boldness. When they seen the boldness of Peter and John, 
The Bible says the righteous are as bold. I'm not saying arrogant. I didn't say arrogant. You know, but bold to declare the truth. Amen. The devil's a liar. The media's full of lies. He's the one that's controlling the media, and they're full of lies. And they want to destroy people. They want to control people. Isn't that just like the devil? Tell you what to do? Take away your freedom? Enslave you? If you don't think like us? You know? This cold cancel culture stuff is a bunch of stuff that came right out of the pit of hell. And somebody needs to stand up. Say, no, we ain't doing that. Huh? But you got to have something on the inside of you to do it or you won't do it. Are you with me? Well, glory to God. That's good preaching, Pastor. I'm sure glad I came this morning. Hallelujah. But here's the ultimate aim of our Heavenly Father, and that is for you and I to be like Jesus. And when Jesus walked the, 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 the roads of Galilee, I'm telling you what, he wasn't out there trying to be somebody. But I tell you what, he didn't apologize for who he was either. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. Why? Because he had all of heaven. He, you know, when he was going to the cross, he says, don't you know that I have within my ability to call legions of angels to come to my assistance? Somebody told me, what was a legion? 6,000? 6,000? Is that what it was, Bill? Yeah. At my disposal, bam, just like that. And I tell you what, when heaven shows up, baby, everything else is going to the ground. And that's the king that you and I serve. But we don't think that way. You know, we think too much in the natural and a lot of other things, but thank God we're working on that. Amen? So his ultimate goal or aim, as, as far as our Father is concerned, is for you to be like Jesus. He has infused you, if that's the right word, with his very own life and ability. He's empowered you by his indwelling presence to be able to live a life that you could never, ever live on your own. We all prove that. Before we came to Christ and we were living in our sin, we were a mess and jacked up. That's why the Bible says sin is not to have dominion over you. Why? Because he's given you authority and power over it. Don't listen to the lies of sin. Don't succumb to the lies and the temptation of sin. They'll ruin your life. Do what Jesus said. And you'll live. And you'll have life and life more abundant. Walk away! From your sordid lives and things, you know, that destroy you and start living the life that Jesus intended you to live. People say, I can't do that. It's a lie. The fact that you think you can't do it as a child of God is a lie. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Hallelujah. So he wants us to be like Jesus. They took knowledge of them that he had been with. They had been with who? Jesus. These are unlearned, uneducated people, man, but I can see right now the personality of Christ is in them. Isn't that cool? I mean, that's powerful. I hope they can say that to you about you. 
You know, you don't want people looking at you and, you know, giving, giving their evaluation going, oh, I'm not sure what's going on there. Huh? Woo! Glory to God. I have fat peach myself happy. It's good. So he wants us to be like Jesus. But how does it happen? I mean, is it really, is it really possible, you know, to be conformed into his image? Can I really be like him? Let me ask you this. Do you want to be like him? You know? Do you want life and peace? Do you want joy and contentment? And sometimes there's some things you have to do. There's some things you have to put away. There's some things you have to stand up, praise God, be a man and a woman about. There's stuff you've got to get out of your life. You know, you can't make a deal and cut a deal with sin and expect to live in power. It doesn't work that way. Are you with me? Well, I like my little this and a little of that and a little of the other. Well, then you will die defeated. Let's look at this verse of Scripture again. For whom he did foreknow, those he also predestined. Huh? There's a destiny on your life, child of God, and it's not one of defeat. Did you hear me? He predestined. Your destiny is to be conformed into the image of his dear son. And Jesus was not defeated. Did you hear me? He didn't walk through life as a defeated foe. You've been predestined or predetermined by your heavenly Father to be like him. Hallelujah. The first step towards this possibility is the miracle of salvation. You know, people can't be like Jesus if they don't know him. You know, 19 years of my life, I went to a mainline denominational church. I didn't know God from Adam. I learned some stuff. But you know, when God starts dealing with people and personalities and individuals, he's not dealing with them up here. He's dealing with them right here. It's about your heart. You know, when I was 19 years old, I mean, I knew I needed God, but I didn't want to give up my funky lifestyle, you know. And people, you're, people believe the lie all the time. Well, if I, if, I, if I follow Jesus, then I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this. Well, yeah, that, that's right. But this, 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 and this are all killing you. You know, the devil tells you it's fun. No, it's not fun. It's killing, it's stealing, and it's destroying your life. But you don't know that. Why? Because the God of this world blinds the minds of those that do not believe so that the glorious light of the gospel will not shine in their life. So you're in the dark. I was, that's why the Bible refers to us as lost. I was lost. But I finally came to the place of realizing by getting enough of the word of God on the inside of me that I needed to give him all, not part, not sort of some, all of my soul, all of my heart, all of my mind. Give it all to him. God doesn't cut deals. Well, can I just kind of hang on to this little old part? Of no. Well, you know, but I really kind of like this sin thing. No. You got to be all in. He was all in. He went to that cross and he hung there all in for you. And that's what you'll stand in judgment before God for. Because he was willing to give his life as a ransom for you and you rejected it 
because you didn't want to give him your whole life. You say, man, dude, that's hard. I didn't make the rules. I'm just the preacher delivering the message. But I tell you what, when you surrender your heart to him, on the 27th day of August, driving down a county road, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And see, I, I, I'd been down the you know, aisle, been, you know, did, walked the aisle, did the altar call thing. I went down there, but my heart didn't. You can go through a lot of motions, but at the end of the day, it's about your heart, and God knows all about your heart. He sees your heart. He, he sees right down in there where you are. So I'm north of BB Town driving down the road, and I give him all of my heart, all my soul, and all my life. I said, God, I don't even know if you're out there, but if you are, I want you to come in my heart. And he knew that I meant what I said. And guess what? He showed up. I wouldn't, you know, I'd like to say that all of a sudden, you know, you know, the heavens open, angels were singing. I mean, it was like glorious, whatever. No, I just drove on down the road the rest of the way home. But the next morning, when I got up, I knew I was a different man. And I didn't know what happened. As a matter of fact, it spooked me. Because all of a sudden, I didn't want to get high anymore. I didn't want to party anymore. I didn't want to do all these things anymore. I'm thinking, this is wrong. No, it's, no, it's not wrong. It's right. But I don't understand what's going on here. So I called the only guy that I knew that I thought would know, and that's our sheriff in Pottawatomie County, Jeff Danker. I said, dude, something has happened I said what is going on and he says you've been born again I said I've been what he says you've been born again he, you know and then he stopped and talked to me and showed me what happened my life's never see when you party hard and all of a sudden you don't want to do it that's supernatural now if you yield to it and then you get into it again, it'll suck the life out of you and destroy you. Did you hear me? Hmm. That's interesting. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mind if I take a little side journey here? Somebody here you took the wrong road. And you're going down a path that you know is not good. And there's a certain degree of fear or being scared that's in your life right now because of it. Well, I'm telling you, God can deliver you. But you've got to make a decision and you have to drive a stake down within your heart that today, I said today, not tomorrow, no, when I get around to it, no, right now. That you're going to turn, repent, and walk the other way so he can't help you. It's not a half-end deal. That's why you got no power. That's why you can't resist. It's because, you know, you're just, you know, shucking and jiving. God does not shuck and jive, dude. If you want to get free, he'll set you free. But you've got to know that I am in, all in. Are you with me? Stop, stop listening to the lie of the devil because he will destroy and he'll kill you with whatever it is that you're bound by. Well, nobody will know. You know, I can just kind of do, you know, put on the deal. It doesn't make any difference whether we know what's going on in your life or not. It's about you and God. Huh? 
Stop living a lie. Are you with me? Now, again, I didn't make the rules, but I'm telling you, you want, you know, we talk about you're more than a conqueror. You know, we talk about, you know, having victory and whatever. You're not having victory. You're whipped and you're weak. And the reason why is, is you won't commit. Well, you know, I've tried, you know, I just kind of like, you know, whatever. That won't, that won't cut it, dude. You make the decision. You have, you're a free moral agent to decide how you're going to live. Now make up your mind and do it. Some of these things are just a, a matter of your will. See, the devil knows when you know and when you mean business. And he'll leave. He'll go, well, I'm done here. Can't get through that. It's over. Yes, it is. So, dear friend, I'm telling you what, praise God. God is talking to you today. He wants to help you. wants to deliver you. Now, here's another thing about it. <laughs> I'm always amused. Sometimes about how this goes. <clears throat> Another thing. <laughs> you glad you came, Jerry? Absolutely. I'm going to get where I need to go here. Just hang on. <laughs> you're going to have another decision to make. And that is that you're going to stop hanging out with the people that are destroying your life. No, they, it doesn't appear that way. Oh, we're just trying to have some fun. We're just this or whatever. No, they're instruments. doesn't mean you don't care about them, you don't love them. But as long as you decide that you're going to keep hanging out with them because you're weak. Are you listening to me? And the last thing you need is to be around them. Get rid of your flaky, funky friends. Well, then I'll be alone. No, you won't. The devil told me that. You know, if you give your heart to Christ and you start living for him... Well, then, you know, you're going to lose all your friends. Yeah, they all bailed. There's no question about it. Calstrip got religion, man. We're done with him. But you know what? I have a family like no other that God has replaced all those, they're not clowns, but people with. Because I still care about them, and I want them to come into the kingdom of God. I see them all the time because I didn't get too far from home. You know what I'm saying? But if you're going to live victoriously then whatever it is that you're bound by, you got to get rid of. And that's, that's just the way it is. But don't believe the lie that all of a sudden you're just going to be all alone and nobody will care about you and you won't have any friends. It's all a lie. And all it is is intended to keep you enslaved where you're at. You with me? Hallelujah. Jesus came so that you could have life and have more money. Amen. Now, <laughs> oh, man. It's a good message. This, the other one I had. I'm not preaching the one I, you know, the other one. Huh? You like this one better? Okay, she said, yeah, this one better. Well, it'll take me a little while. I lost my train of thought, but I'll come back here. I'll get back. I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because there's another continuing thought there that... Uh, hmm. Remember what that was, Jeff? No. <clears throat> Head ushers are supposed to know everything. 
well, it'll come to me. I'll get back to it. You know, let's just move on. And we'll circle the wagons. <clears throat> when you, if you want to become Christ-like, you're going to have to change the way you think. You weren't a mistake. I wasn't a mistake. You know, I'm 10 years a junior to all the rest of my siblings. I was not expected, but I showed up. But I'm not a mistake. Hallelujah. I might have been one born out of due time, but I showed up. And the same thing's true of you. Maybe you don't know who your dad is. Maybe you don't know who your mom is. I mean, I don't know, what, whatever the circumstance is, but you are not a mistake. God brought you into this world, praise God, to make you his prize and to cause you to be his trophy so that he could shine you all over the world and, and show people in humanity what God has done. Some of you, you've lived in broken homes and messed up lives and dysfunction like you can't believe I'm telling you what, praise God. God is able to put the pieces back together. He's able to redeem your life. And I know it has an, an incredible impact upon your life, but, and it causes a lot of pain. But I'm telling you what, praise God, God is able to take that pain out of your heart, out of your mind, and make you something that you can never, ever otherwise be. Believe that. Accept that. Receive it. Say, I'll take that. Hallelujah. Because he's got, de there's destiny on your life. Did you hear me? I don't care what the devil's been telling you. He's a liar. Jesus purchased you with his own blood so that you could have the life that he came to give you. Hallelujah. Don't park by all of that in your past anymore. I'm telling you what, put the key in the ignition. If you got one of those, or put, it, put your foot on a brake, push a button, and get that thing started. Put it in gear and drive away from whatever it is that has been holding you and keeping you bound. Hallelujah. Some things you can't undo. You know? Some things God can undo. He can fix. Some things you can't. Are you listening to me? Woo! Glory to God. So, turn to Isaiah. Where are we at here? Yeah, turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Thank you, Lord, for bringing that back up to me. Isaiah chapter 55. <clears throat> um, I mentioned this earlier. Let me say it again. That is, if you and I are going to be like Jesus, then we're going to have to change the way that we think. Notice this, if I, uh, with me in, in 50, chapter 55, verse, uh, uh, let's start with verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake. Everybody say forsake. So it says, seek the Lord. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly, hallelujah, pardon. Now listen, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven, heavens 
are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, the snow from heaven returns not thither, but waters the earth, makes it to bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. Hallelujah. That is gone forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It will accomplish. You know, when Jesus said, I'm coming again, do you know that he is coming again? Woo! Glory to God. You know, he said, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing where I send it. Glory to God forevermore. You know, he sent some words to you about your life. He said, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Did you hear me? Well, I don't feel like God loves me. You haven't been reading your Bible lately. Huh? Who is he that condemns? It's, it's, it's God that justified. Isn't that good? Read it right there. It's real close. Yeah. No, I, we turn. Forget that. It's back there in Romans. You know? He said, He that spared not his own son, but freely give him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely, freely, freely give you everything you need? God is not stingy. People are. But God's not. Are you listening to me? So it says here, his thoughts are not ours. Glory to God. You know, God never has had a thought of fear. <laughs> In other words, when something happens, God doesn't go, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Huh? He's never had a thought of doubt. Thus saith the Lord, I doubt it. That probably won't work. God has never had a thought of weakness. I'm not sure I can do this. You know, these people, they've, they, you know, they've done some weird stuff here. I'm not sure whether I can uh, correct this or not. God never has any of these thoughts. He said, my thoughts aren't like yours. But I can tell you this much about it. If you want to become Christ-like, you're going to have to change the way you think. Are you with me? God has never, he never has a thought of weakness. He, has, he, he never has a thought of not enough. He describes himself as El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. You know, he doesn't know. God doesn't even think about deficiency. Are you listening to me? We do. Have you checked the checkbook out lately? Sure. But he doesn't. We're talking about being conformed in his image. God has never had a thought of failure. I wonder if I can do this. You know, this whole part in the Red Sea thing, you know, I mean, I don't know. There's no thought of that at all. Told Moses, stretch out your rod. Watch this. So God never has a thought about failure. He wants you to change the way that you think. You know, when, when God's pushing you in a different, certain direction, you'll say, I don't know if I can do that. That's not a thought from heaven. Huh? I don't have time to get into it, but you know, when, I was, uh, when we were going to school, uh, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I want you to sell the sign. And I said, I can't do that. I mean, God just gets done telling you to do something, and you say, I can't do it. That's, that's, that's the wrong answer. And my wife and I suffered because of it. 
Okay? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God tells you to do something, dear, dear friend, listen to me. You can do it. You may not know how, but you can do it. Are you listening to me? He'll make a way. When he, to, when he told us to start this church, I mean, we didn't have a clue. I was just doing this membership class. I mean, I got born again in 1975. Two years later, I was called into the ministry. You know, uh, see, would it be two years? Yeah, about not even two years, maybe 22 months. I was called into the ministry, and I went to, and three months later, I marry her, and I go to a Bible school for nine months, and I get out of, I get out of school, and I don't know nothing, and, and by the time I'm uh, 19 days into my 23rd birthday, uh, I start a church. Dear God, you talk about, I mean, wow. Are you with me? You know, in the natural, is the dumbest thing you could ever do. And then, 11 months after we start the church, we come out here in a cornfield. I mean, usually if you're going to have a church, you go where there are people. But you know, there are, I, I, I think I could safely say this, I can certainly say thousands, I might be able to say in the last 41 years, tens of thousands of people have been impacted by this church. Who'd have thunk it? in the middle of a cornfield. I'm sitting around a membership table uh, this morning, and we got people from Missouri Valley, people from Red Oak, people from, who's the next one? West Omaha, out by Gretna, for crying out loud. It's an hour trip one way. Don't tell me it's too far. If you want to say that, go talk to them. Huh? Church Alive is worth a drive. I see people from Crescent. I see, you know, people from all over the place. Why? Now, it's to be regretted. I mean, you know, I wish that in Missouri Valley and Red Oak and all these other places, there were, and, and I'm not saying that there aren't life-giving churches, so don't send me a letter. But I'm just saying, you know, praise God. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You know, Griswold. Different places, you know. Everyone around this table is from a different city. Hallelujah. And here we are in a cornfield. I feel like John the Baptist. He went out in the wilderness, you know. Thank God we eat. we're not eating locusts wild honey. We got a little better. We're, we're up on the food chain a little bit higher than that right now, as you can see. But anyway, you know, uh, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can even ask or think. But you've got to believe the Bible. You've got to believe what the Word says. Amen. And uh, so, God never has a thought of failure, of murder, of confusion, of envy, of getting old, or being too young, or hurting himself, or suicide, any of these things. So I ask you this morning, how do you think? How do we think? It's a good question. Well, you know, I'm just not like you, Pastor. Well, last time I checked, we're born of the same Spirit. Huh? Now, you may not be the same as me and whatever, but on the other hand, praise God, the miracle worker, if you're a child of God, is in you just like everybody else. And he'll put you over. There's a destiny upon your life, and it's good. Did you hear me? It's not bad. I got to try to unhook here someplace. Praise God forevermore. The Bible is God's thoughts. Huh? 
and they're his thoughts to us, and his thoughts are different than ours. I want to get to this because I was prompted about it this morning. But you know, when it comes to your own self-esteem, some of you, because of your experience, because of your past, maybe because of your upbringing, maybe because of a bad marriage or whatever the case might be, you know, your self-esteem has been trashed. And I'm telling you right now, praise God, Jesus wants to restore it because you're not trash. Did you hear me? The Bible says you're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Are you listening to me? You know, there are insecurities that people have, and God wants to do something about that in your life. He wants you to be secure. He wants you to be settled. He doesn't want you on needles and pins. He wants you to be confident about who you are. You know, the world will tell you all kinds of lies. Well, you don't look like them. You don't do this. You don't do that. You don't have the other thing. And just pounding away to try to annihilate and debilitate and, and to discourage you in your life. I'm telling you what, you've got to stop listening to those lies because God cares about you. He's got a plan for you. And you say, well, how do I do that? Every time it comes, you address it. You say, no, praise God, I'm the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that I should walk in them. I may not be like this person or that, but I'm my own person, and God has made me beautiful. Hallelujah. Life. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So again, if, if you've had these things, whether it's failure or it might be self-esteem issues or insecurities in your life, I'm telling you, God wants to deliver you today. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And, 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 and I'll say this, go this one step further. There's those of you that I talked to earlier about stuff you got in your life, man, that's, that's uh, eating your lunch. And I don't need to know. I don't really care. You know, sometimes God will show you. Sometimes he doesn't. It's not my business. But I'm telling you what, praise God, he's got a better plan for you and your life than what's going on. <laughs> no, do not. Yeah, okay. You got to obey God, don't you? Yeah. Whoo, glory to God. Nelson, Nelson, Nelson. I want to talk to you about relationships. Oh, do you really want me to say that? Evidently. <laughs> oh, boy. Katie, 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 Katie. Some of you, oh, hallelujah. Here it goes. You ready? B buckle your seatbelt. Tim Hoskins, why don't you come on up here? You can deliver this message. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if it's extracurricular or if it's just being in a relationship with someone where you're getting way too close. You know what I mean by that? I'm trying to be polite. Sleeping with one another. And God does not look kindly on your lifestyle. Are you listening to me? And he wants you to repent. You say, but I really like them. Then make a commitment to spend the rest of your life together with them. 
and stop sleeping around and living with people as a matter of convenience. Are you listening to me? Why? Because it will destroy you. It's immoral. We, you live in a culture right now where anything goes. And we're wanting, to, we're wanting to license whatever kind of behavior that people want to have. God sees wrong behavior. Are you with me? You say, well, why are you calling me out? I'm not. If I had my way about it, we'd be praying and we'd be moving on. But I'm here to tell you that your little extracurricular activity, if you want the blessing of God in your life, you better stop it. That's all I got to say about that. Are you with me? Because God is holy. And he said, be holy because I am holy. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Flee fornication. Flee adultery. Flee the immoral things within your life. And the thing you need to understand in all of this is, is that what happens when you, when you give yourself to that, you lose your mind. You say, what? Yeah, I don't understand it, but when people give themselves and their bodies to perversions and things that are immoral, their thinking goes out the door. And all of a sudden, they're justifying all kinds of weirdness and all kinds of things, you know, that, that, and I mean, I'm just not talking about in a sexual context, but your life in general, you don't think right. You know, the Bible says that, you know, uh, when Paul was writing, he said that, I know, I know this is kind of a different message, but when Paul was writing, he said, because people did not like or they chose not to retain God in their knowledge, he gave them up to a reprobate mind. In other words, a mind that is void of judgment. When you open yourself up to sexual sins, you, don't, you, start, you start thinking wrong. Are you listening to me? And you'll make decisions and you'll do things that are, that, are, that are wrong. God wants you to repent. He wants you to turn and he wants you to get out of it. Say, we're done with this. And that may mean that you have to break a relationship. You know what? I'd rather break a relationship and wind up in hell. You say, well, I go to hell? I don't know. That's your, that's your thing. But I'm telling you what, God does not look kindly on things like this. He purchased you with his son's blood. And don't you ever think for a minute that he doesn't value what it is that his son did, and then you do what you do. Are you with me? It's unholy. It's unjust. Now, listen, we've all made our mistakes. And certainly we've probably ended up in places where we don't belong. And thank God for the forgiveness that comes from our Heavenly Father. But you can't just keep doing it as a matter of your convenience because that's what you want. What in the world do you do with a service like this? <clears throat> I know it's countercultural. But you know, sometimes you need to, you know, like the late John Osteen said, if I'm rubbing the cat the wrong way, let the cat turn around. 
This is what, I'm t what I just got done saying to you is not popular. And, and the likelihood of it, like, you know, with the internet and things like that, I could get scathing messages and all kinds of stuff. All, you know, but, but the thing of it is, is that I'm his spokesman, not theirs. I understand the whole concept of living in sin, but he calls us to repent. And that means we don't, you know, this greasy, gra no, I don't have time for that. This greasy grace business is a bunch of baloney. You better be careful about the idea that you think, well, you know, we're forgiven about, you know, everything past, present, and future, so I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. It's a lie. He calls you to holiness. He calls you to righteousness. Are you listening to me? He wants you to live right. Say, it's so hard. Well, like I said, you know, find somebody that's close to you and say, I, I want you to pray with me. I need your help. And if you have to, get out of the relationship. Some people, they... they <laughs> They want their cake and they want to eat it too. They like it. Ladies, well, even men, you know, they don't want to commit. You know, there's, they, everything's great. You know, what, uh, no, I don't, want to, I don't want to commit. I don't want to do, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's not a relationship you want to be in. Oh, boy, isn't this great? Sometimes, you know, and I've, I've talked and counseled with people, you know, they, they come out of a divorce and um, they're hurt. Um, a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And, and so much so they say, I'm never going to, I'm never going to let anybody hurt me like that again. And they, um, so they won't risk to get into another commitment. But, so what they do is they compromise. And that's no good either. I would like for you just to bow your heads with me for a moment and let's pray together. Father, I just want to thank you for every person here today within the sound of my voice. And God, I know that this service has been so different than what I anticipated, but Father, I know that you are, uh, you're after the hearts of humanity. And so, God, I pray for those that are here because some of the things that I've said, Father, I know are, are hard or maybe difficult, but I know they're true. And so, Father, I ask you to speak to their hearts so that they may respond um, in the appropriate kind of way. God, I pray for people that maybe they're in illicit relationships or uh, they dabble in it from time to time. God, I ask you to help them see what it is that I'm talking about to them. May they see your heart in this. Um, I just, um, Father, I'm here as your spokesman to do what it is I can do to help. I pray, Father God, for people that are here today that are in need of the things that we've talked about. And though they're they're pretty sobering, and Father God, they're actually very, very personal. I just ask you to, to bless their life. God, I pray for those that are dealing with um, uh, self-esteem issues that, that have found themselves being insecure, and they, they're aware of it, God, but they just can't seem to get a hold of it. I'm asking you, Father, to bless them here today. And Father God, I pray for those that we've talked about uh, uh, by the Holy Ghost as to 
other needs that they have within their lives. And I, I ask you, Father God, to speak to them. and Let them know that you're not against them, you're for them. But the sin that's in their life, Father, is the thing that destroys them. And I'm just asking you to help them see that and to turn to you. I pray, Father, for those that maybe don't have any kind of relationship with you at all. I mean, nothing personal. They may have a religious approach to you. They may have uh, uh, some form of theology that, you know, that they're trying to work with. Maybe they were like me, grew up in a church, Father, but never had a, a, a personal relationship with you. God, I pray that if they're here today, that you'd call them and draw them to you. Father, that they would respond to your calling, that they might be, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, born again of your spirit and have everlasting life. And I just thank you, Lord, for your power in every person's life, in all of our lives, Father, that we might be transformed and changed not because of what we can do, but because of what you do. While every head's bowed, please, every eye closed. No one's looking around. But if you're here this morning, and there were a number of different things that, that I talked about, and I don't have to call them all out. But if in that application, you recognize that you're that person, and you're just saying, you know, I, need to, I want to do something about my self-esteem. I want to do something about this problem I have or whatever. If you're here this morning, I want you just to slip up your hand and say, Jesus, today I'm making a commitment to you. Yes, thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you. Anybody else? <coughs> yep, thank you. God bless you. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So grateful. We just wait for a moment here. You know, sometimes these things are um, sometimes these things are really challenging. Anyone else? Maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to receive Christ. Maybe you didn't even know you needed to. You know, if you were like me, you know, it's kind of like, well, you go through the church uh, protocol and you jump through all the hoops and, you know, you go to some classes and you become a member and you're in. Well, uh, you might be in the church, but you may not be in the, in the kingdom of God. So if you've never asked him to come into your heart, that you want to give him all of your heart, all your soul, and all your life, that's the condition. If you're not prepared to do that, then don't do it. But if you are, you say, God, I need you, and I want you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look? All right, thank you, sir. Anybody else? There's another guy. Thank you, sir. God bless you, both. Anybody else have joined these two young men? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have you pray a prayer with me, church, all of you as a congregation. We're going to pray together so as not to embarrass anyone. But we're going to pray this prayer. Those of you that raise your hand, I want you, when you pray this prayer, I want you to just let it come right out of your heart to your Heavenly Father. And let Him, let Him do what only He can to change you from the inside out. Say this with me, church. Dear Heavenly Father, I come today 
without any reservation. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Today I make the decision to repent and turn away. And you said in your Bible that if I would ask you, you would for no reason turn me away. So I thank you today for receiving me just like I am. I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed the prayer and it doesn't relate to salvation or making a commitment to Christ, but you prayed the prayer in some other area, I want to encourage you, find someone that um, you trust. You say, well, I don't even know if I have that person. Well, you know, um, believe God, but somebody that can be a safe harbor and say, you know what, pastor talked about this. I made this decision. I want to get this straightened up, da, 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 whatever you do. Would you, would you help me? Because, you, you know, I don't know about you, but when you have somebody close to you, they can help hold you accountable. Are you with me? When I used to go to the gym, I was with a group of people, and you get to know one another, and you keep encouraging each other because your flesh and your body's going, I don't want to do this. And they're saying, neither does mine, but we'll do it together. You know what I'm saying? So find somebody that can help you and support you in your decision. Those of you that raised your hand, for what I refer to as salvation or making a commitment to Jesus Christ. When we dismiss here in a little bit, I'd really like not only to be introduced to you and congratulate you on your decision, but I would also like to be able to put some stuff in your hands to help you get started in your walk. Now, I know you got a, you got a choice. You can go out the door or you can come down here. I hope you'll come down here. We've got some people in our church that serve as... Um, um, well, they're not really counselors, but they are. And, and, and they love to just visit with you and answer any questions that you have and help you get started on your walk. So I hope you'll do that when we dismiss. How many of you are glad you came today? Jesus is doing marvelous things in people's lives. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, if you're going to clap, we should all clap. Why don't you all clap? There you go. That, that makes it a lot better, you know. Amen. Let's get committed.